Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Welcome to another episode of Blood on the Rocks. I'm your host, Akshay Taylor, and no guest again this week, but we're gonna, this time we're going to go to Mexico. We haven't touched on cartels yet, so I'm going to tell you about the murder of Kiki Camarena. Yeah. And this week, I'm going to play you a promo from Getting Off Podcast. So, see you in a minute. Hey there, true crime aficionados. Have you ever been watching an episode of Law & Order SVU and thought to yourself, wow, I wish the lawyers here were way more sarcastic, a little bit smarter, and more foul-mouthed? If so, then Getting Off is the podcast for you. Listeners have described Getting Off as undisclosed with a slightly evil sense of humor and my favorite murderer with law degrees. Uh, we are criminal defense attorneys Jessa Nicholson. And Nick Gansner. And we cover the crimes and trials that have captured national media attention in a dark-humored way well-informed way. Both of us focus in our professional careers as sensitive crimes defense attorneys and can offer you a unique perspective on the dark and twisted world of true crimes and our justice system. Getting Off can be found on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Give them a listen and check them out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching Getting Off Pod, and you won't regret it. And we are back. So, Kiki Camarena. Let's get straight into it, shall we? Enrique S. Camarena Salazar, also known as Kiki. We'll just dive straight in and go into a little bit of the background. So, Kiki Camarena, he was born in Mexico on July 26, 1947, and worked as an undercover agent for the United States Drug Enforcement Administration, also known as the DEA, who became extremely well known in the drug wars against cartels and began a lot of pushback from the United States against the Mexican government and just general drug violence. So uh, for a while he worked in Calexico as a fireman and then as a police investigator, uh, also working as a narcotics investigator for the Imperial County Sheriff Coroner for a while. And before joining the DEA, he also served two years in the US Marine Corps. Now he joined the DEA in June 1974, as a special agent of the Calexico, California district office, and was assigned to the, Fres- the Fresno district office in September 1977. After that, he was transferred to the Guadalajara resident office in July 1981, and did, he did pretty well over these years. Uh, like During his 11 years with DEA, he received two sustained su- superior performance awards and a special achievement award. Um, so, doing pretty well. After all this, he uh, works as an undercover agent for the, um, from the DEA, and Kiki managed to infiltrate pretty far into the Guadalajara cartel. If you don't know what cartel is, it's basically a drug trafficking organization uh, gang, and has become pretty close to 
Felix Gallardo, who I'm also going to give you a bit of background about just because it's pretty relevant to this. Like, full name Miguel Angel uh, Felix Gallardo, commonly referred to as, as his Elias El Padrino, uh, which means the Godfather. Uh, and he's a Mexican drug lord who, who formed the Guadalajara cartel in the 80s. Uh, getting to the point where he, prim- where they pretty much controlled all of the drug trafficking in Mexico and the corridors along the Mexico-United States border. So, pretty big cartel. Pretty important dude. Now, of course, Kiki was still an undercover agent. He was t- um, giving information to the US, which was pretty effective. And in 1984, acting on the, some information that they got from from Kiki, 450 soldiers uh, that, with uh, helicopters destroyed a 2,500-acre marijuana plantation uh, known as Rancho Buffalo in Chihuahua, Mexico, as part of, of Operation Godfather. And it, these were big fields, like thousands of farmers worked them with their annual production uh, was valued at about uh, 8 billion US dollars and with all of this taking uh, happening with the knowledge of local police politicians military all sorts pretty big uh, now yeah and Camarina was um, he was starting to expose connections between drug traffickers the law en- Mexican law enforcement and high ranking government officials which um, El Padrino uh, considered a major threat to the cartel's operations throughout Mexico of course um, and Camarena had been identified as the source of the leak. Now, on February 7, 1985, he was abducted in broad daylight by corrupt police officers, and he knew some of the men, so, he was, so he, his guard was pretty down. Now, before reaching his truck outside the consulate, a light-coloured four-door Volkswagen and a black Grand Marquis with a siren stopped Camarena, and some men got out, who was known to Camarena as Jalisco State Cops who reportedly told him that El Comandante wants to see you. Now, Kiki told told these guys that um, they'd have to notify his office uh, because that was protocol, but the men pushed him into the car and threw a jacket over his head uh, before beating him with pipes and holding him at gunpoint. The cars sped away and got and basically got lost in the city traffic. And almost at the same time as this... Um, a pilot for the Mexican Ministry of Agriculture and a who was also a friend of Camarena's was had um, just touched down in the city's airport. His name is Alfredo Zavala Avilas. He'd taken Camarena on some flights over the Buffalo Ranch and other mar- marijuana farms, as he was also a DEA collaborator as well as a government pilot. And because he'd work at the city airport all the time, he'd spy on. Fi- Felix Galadas and Cara Quintero's pla- uh, planes and r- report back to Kiki. Cara Quintero also being another um, member of the cartel scene at the time. And that day he'd brought home a group of businessmen from um, from Durango and the men offered him a ride home. And shortly after leaving the airport on the Chapala Highway to the city, a brown Ford LDD sedan intercepted him uh, before two men armed with AR-15 assault rifles got out and forced Zavala into their car. The gunman took the keys out of their vehicle and threw it into the field before speeding off with Zavala. And the next, the next day, Camarina's wife uh, informed the DEA that he hadn't shown up to their lunch date or to the house later that night, and Enrique Camarina was declared missing. The DEA agents also learned pretty quickly about Alfredo Zavala's abduction as well and started searching the city for the missing men. 
they asked the Jalisco State Police for assistance, um, but were met by a lot of stonewalling by director Carlos Aceves Fernandez, uh, and he just wasn't interested in helping. And on top of this, Governor Enrique Alvarez del Castillo uh, also didn't call the consulate and offer assistance uh, to search for the missing agent. After their abductions, Camarina and Zavala were both taken to Rafael Cara Quintero's home uh, on 881 Lopa de Vega Street in Zapopan, which was a uh, Guadalajara suburb, suburb uh, with the plan of having a talk with Camarina and Zavala to find out how exactly how much they knew about the cartel's operations and the partnerships with the state and Mexican government. Of course, having a talk is a light way of putting it, uh, as they were both subjected to torture uh, over the next hours. And Zavala was said to be tortured and uh, but disposed of pretty quickly, uh, being seen as a simple snitch, to quote from my notes. But um, Camarino was not so lucky, as he was thought to know a lot, and he was an inside agent uh, within the cartel, uh, working for the DEA, of course. Um, so they wanted to know how much he knew. Now, he was tortured over a 30-hour period, uh, subjected to beatings, non-lethal stabbings, and all sorts. His skull, jaw, nose, cheekbones, and windpipe were crushed. His ribs were broken, and a hole was drilled into his head with a power drill. He'd been injected with amphetamines and other drugs, which was most likely to ensure that he remained conscious while being tortured. It's believed that his uh, special agent Camarina's death actually occurred on February 9th, and he was 37 years old at the time of his death. Now, the bodies of Camarina and Zavala were found on uh, March the 5th uh, at a ranch about 70 miles from Guadalajara, where four days earlier there was a shootout between Mexico, the Mexican federal police and a family of small-time criminals. Manuel Bravo Cervantes, his wife and three sons were killed in the shootout. Um, the DEA uh, kind of pieced together events according to four survivors of, of the massacre. At, and yeah, this place was uh, called El Marino. The DEA pieced together the events according to four survivors of the massacre that had spoken to Michoacan state authorities and the news media that the Federalists had cut down the families in cold blood. And what the DEA pieced together from the survivors... Yeah, was along the lines of the Chilisco Federales uh, had arrived in Mi- in Michoacan without, without informing the Michoacan state authorities and had raided El Marino on early on the morning of March 2nd. Rigoberto Bravos Gura, the disabled 11-year-old son of Bravos, who was sleeping downstairs, he was awakened by men breaking into the house and shouted for his father, who was upstairs at the time. Uh, before the armed men who were federales took Rigoberto hostage and pointed a gun to his head, demanding that Manuel Bravo surrender and come down. Now, Manuel Bravo didn't believe that they were real federales, saying that that he had many enemies and asked to speak to police in the nearby city of Zamora and Vista Hermosa, uh, because he personally knew officers there. Uh, But his request was denied, and Bravo shot at the men and had a brief shootout uh, in which American agent Esquivel, who was with them, who was with the Federale at the time, was killed, probably by friendly fire, uh, before Bravo surrendered and came and came down with his wife. Emmanuel and his wife were then shot, and Marie Louisa 
uh, received shots in the shots to the back as he as she tried to run away. Uh, Rigoberto was also killed with his body left on the patio. When they heard the shooting, Marie Louise's brothers, who lived on the property, called Hugo and Manuel to their homes uh, in Zamora, and two men, uh, as the two men went to El Reno to help their parents and brother. They also had their, their children spending the night there with their with their uncle Rigoberto. The two men left El Marino uh, while their wives uh, tried to get help at, at the Michoacan uh, State Police Office. Hugo and Manuel arrived arrived to find their parents and brother dead uh, before being captured by Federales and also shot in head point blank. And when their wives arrived with the Michigan State cops, the women were arrested and the, to- and the cops were told to lay down their arms. So pretty shady shit. And now, pretty quickly after the massacre, uh, Commandant Armando Pavan Reyes produced ammo, some shotguns and assault rifles, along with cocaine supposedly found at the ranch. The gun's incomplete serial numbers were given to the US agents when they asked for them, and the drugs seemed planted at the scene. Yeah, and it said that the whole scene looked more like a hit than some kind of police action. And the family of the Scarra family was billed in the media as a... Yeah, was shown in the media as a family of drug dealing and cop killing kidnappers. So, more shady shit. In the face of a lot of um, resistance with cooperation from the Mexican government, uh, the US put started putting a lot of pressure on the um, US-Mexican border, essentially searching every car, every vehicle that went in and out. Needless to say, this put a lot of strain on the largely drug-driven Mexican economy at the time as, like, what does it say? I'm pretty, if I recall, it's not my notes, um, El Padrino was uh, was worth 500 million US dollars, while Federales were paid about $300 a month. So pretty big business. Now, I searched the lemon orchards in El Marino, where an, an anonymous letter said Camarino would be found, was, uh, buried, was delayed pending DEA agent Esquivel's funeral and burial. Convenient, no? On March the 4th, Michigan State Governor Cardenas, who happened to be a distant relative of Manuel Bravo Cervantes, received a call from an official in uh, Tanhuato, Michoacan, informing him that the Labasa Zamora Highway near El Marino Ranch was once again shut down by Jalisco State authorities. Uh, and the Guadalajara anti-riot police was at El Marino and men were digging in the uh, the orchards looking for Camarina. So he was pretty pissed off that the Jalisco State Police were once again doing um, un- unauthorised searches uh, at the ranch, at, especially at a ranch away from the jurisdiction. So uh, the governor t- uh, took a helicopter and landed near El Marino, but was not allowed entrance by the federales. So he complained to the Jalisco state government. The search at El Marino turned up nothing. On the afternoon of March the 5th, 1985, uh, the next day, uh, a rancher walking on a footpath uh, next to El Marino Ranch was... Yeah, he noticed the smell of rotting uh, and a lot of flies buzzing around and followed the smell to a field, which led him a few yards from the entrance to El Marino, uh, where he found two plastic sacks with one having rotting human legs uh, showing and the other having a head sticking out. The rancher quickly ran to a, to a nearby village, uh, La Gastura, and called a constable who uh, headed over to the scene on a tractor to find several villagers crowding around the body and trampling, and trampling the crime scene. Yeah, because people were like, hey look, bodies, let's go have a look. 
the bodies were placed on the be- were placed on the pickup truck and transported to the coroner's office in Zamora. And a few hours later, the Mexican media was um, were reporting that the dead bodies were M- Enrique Camarena and Alfredo Zavala. The DEA agents in Guadalajara, yeah, found out about this through the TV, yeah, because no one had informed them. So they headed over to Zamora, where they were met by a crowd of people trying to get a glimpse of the body of a dead American agent. U.S. forensic experts uh, confirmed the ID of the bodies using uh, uh, after autopsy and dental records. Both had been dead for about a month and had shown signs of being buried elsewhere before being dug up and left at a ranch, wrapped in plastic. Yeah, so the DEA were pretty sure that the Mexican feds were trying to uh, frame the Bravo family. We have one agent saying that what everything they did relative to the bodies was horrible. They didn't protect, they didn't protect the crime scene. They didn't take fingerprints. They wouldn't even allow any Americans into the morgue. And since the bodies were found, agents said that the Mexican Federal Police generally st- uh, stopped sharing information about the investigation uh, pretty soon after. Like, it was pretty obvious there was a lot of stonewalling going about. And the DEA weren't sure if the, uh, weren't even sure how far they could take the investigation because they, they knew that, the, that some of the feds were, the Mexican Federal Police were involved. Like, according to one DEA official, the Mexicans hadn't. Yeah, the Mexican feds hadn't ar- arrested a major traffic in more than eight years. But yeah, anyway. Needless to say, there was a lot of reaction from... This made a... Yeah, this um, kind of got a lot of quick reactions from the DEA uh, as they launched Operation Lavender, which was the largest DEA homicide investigation ever undertaken. A special unit was dispatched to, co- to help coordinate the investigation in Mexico, where corrupt officials uh, started being implicated. They also identified Miguel Felix Gallardo and his t- two associates, uh, Ernesto Francesca uh, Carrillo and Rafael Caro uh, Quintero as primary suspects in the kidnappings. Oh, and I missed a bit, sorry. Um, shortly after the kidnappings, the DEA um, got information that Rafael Caro Quintero, um, who was allegedly Mexico's top drug trafficker, and like I said, prime suspect in the case, was going to leave Guadalajara in a private jet. Now, DEA agents um, in foreign countries c- could only serve in a advisory capacity and technically weren't supposed to carry weapons. So they turned the information over to the Mexican Federal uh, Judici- Judicial Police. And a group of 30 heavily armed federales, accompanied by uh, several DEA agents, went to the airport where they found Caro. Uh, Quintero, who carrying a fully automatic AK-47 assault rifle, and wearing a, le- a leisure suit unbuttoned to the waist, heavy gold necklaces, and a thick diamond-studded bracelet. And surrounding him and his jet was another group of heavily armed Mexican policemen. After a brief discussion, Caro Quintero was allowed to go. Supposedly, as the plane as the plane began to um, head away. Um, as the plane began to drive, Caro Quintero opened a bottle of champagne and waved at the agents. Yeah, now, um, extracting, me- extracting Mexican citizens was pretty difficult, and so the DEA went so far, uh, went far enough to get to hire bounty hunters, um, as, bo- and both Humberto Alvarez Machain, uh, who was the doctor who supposedly prolonged Camarillo's life, uh, with drugs, and uh, Javier Vasquez Velasco were take were taken to the United States. 
despite a lot of protests from Mexican government, Alvarez was brought to trial in LA in 1992. Though after presentation of the government's case, the judge ruled that there was there wasn't enough evidence to support a guilty verdict, and charges were dropped. After which Alvarez uh, initiated a civil suit against the U.S. government, charging that his arrest had breached the U.S.-Mexico extradition treaty, uh, and this case uh, reached the U.S. Supreme Court. Though this ruled that Alvarez wasn't entitled to relief, and four of the defendants were also tried, being Vasquez Velasco. Juan Ramon Matabalesteros, Juan Bernabe Ramirez, and Ruben Zuno Arcu, uh, who was a brother of the former pre- president, Luis Echeverria, uh, were all found guilty of Camarena's kidnapping. Ruben had lo- known ties to corrupt Mexico- Mexican officials, especially with Mexican officials who were implicated in covering the murder, as Mexican police had also destroyed evidence on Camarena's body. Yeah. Oh, another thing I missed. At one point during the investigation um, in Mexico, the Mexican police arrested 13 men, uh, most of them being policemen, in several days uh, in connection with the kidnapping. Yeah, and those arrested included uh, Chilisco state officials uh, who had worked with Camarita and other DA agents routinely. Uh, one of them died mysteriously during interrogation, and this was uh, Gabriel Gonzalez Gonzalez. Who was the who was the police official in charge of in- investigating the Camarena kidnapping? DEA agents had uh, called Gonzalez the day after Camarena's disappearance to ask for assistance, uh, but Gonzalez had refused. At various times, the uh, police said uh, Camarena had uh, died of a heart attack, epi- appendicitis, or, re- or a ruptured pancreas. Uh, though his wife claimed that he was beaten to death. Eventually, uh, Phyllis Gal- Phillips Gallardo was. Um, also was also arrested for the murder of of Kiki Camarena and is currently serving a thirty seven year sentence in the Alto Plano maximum maximum security prison. Now coming a bit closer up, uh, October twenty thirteen, uh, two former federal agents and a self proclaimed ex CIA uh, ex CIA contractor told an American TV network that CIA operatives were involved in Camarena's kidnapping and murder because he was a threat to the agency's drug operations in Mexico. According to them, the CIA was collaborating with drug traffickers, uh, moving cocaine and marijuana into the United States, and using its share of profits to finance Nicaraguan Contra rebels uh, that were attempting to overthrow Nicaragua's Sandinista government. Uh, a CIA spokesman did respond that it's ridiculous to suggest that the CIA had anything to do with the murder of a US federal agent, of course, uh, or the escape of his killer. Honestly, personally, I can't say either way. <laughs> Kiki Camarena was survived by his wife and three children. Nowadays, um, each October, yeah, thousands of schools, communities, and and drug abu- drug abuse prevention organizations distribute red ribbons to honor honor Special Agent Camarena's memory. The DEA's Mi- Miami Division holds hosts a golf tournament each year in memory of 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 Kiki, with proceeds from the from the tournament going towards the DEA Special Agents Survivors Benefit Fund. Um, posthumously, Kiki was uh, awarded the Administrator's on- Award of Honor, which is the highest award given by the organization. And in 2004, the Enrique S. Camarena Foundation was established in Camarena's memory, with his wife Mika and son Enrique Jr. Uh, Enrique Jr. serving on a on the All Volunteer board, board of Directors, along with former DEA agents, uh, law law enforcement personnel, family, and friends of Camarena's. 
and others that work against um, tobacco, alcohol, tobacco, and other drug and violence prevention uh, things. And you see him referenced in a lot of the uh, media as well, ref- uh, which is uh, in relation to uh, cartels, uh, both fiction and non-fiction. Like, you hear around documentaries you, uh, while reading about him, uh, just online. Um, you hear reference in TV shows like Narcos and very uh, famous case uh, in that kind of, in that period. But anyway, um, on that, I think we're going to cut to music and come back with an outro. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. So... Yeah, sorry, it's just it's just one story again this week. Um, we should be back to normal next week. Yeah, it's just been a bit of a, he- a bit of a hectic period at the moment with university going on. But yes, um, shout out, shout out, shout outs. Yeah, this week I'm going to leave shout outs to the Hidden Staircase podcast, um, the Fiercely Altered podcast, also known as the Fat Pod. And also of myth, of myth and Mercy. Cool thing of the week, yes. I'm gonna say cool thing. My cool thing of the week this week is Mexican food, because we went out for Mex- We went out for some yesterday, and it was so good. I really wish tacos were easy to get in England. I abs- I love Mexican food. It's great. But yeah. So anyway, social media. Uh, we have Facebook at facebook.com/slash/thebloodyrocks. And there's also a uh, Facebook group on top of that where, uh, with um, discussion threads and stuff like that. Get get taught some other, get taught some other listeners. You can find us on Twitter at the Bloody Rocks. Yeah, and you can also now find us on Instagram at the Bloody Rocks. Don't forget to rate, view, and subscribe. Um, don't forget to, don't forget to tell your friends. And don't forget to have a great day. I'll see you next week. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.